welcome back to another episode of Joshi Joshi, another mini episode. This is 3.5, and I'm here with Tom. Hello. Hello. And today we're going to talk about the roster and a, re- a few recent cards of Sendai Girls. Sendai Girls is a promotion run by Mako Satomura. Yay! <laughs> Very high up of, on both of our lists of favorites. She's a wonderful performer. And uh, it's based out of the town of Sendai, shockingly. And uh, it's been going... I, I'm not sure when it was founded. I think it was founded... It would be in the mid to late 2000s, wouldn't it? I th- um, around the time Gaia shut down. Because the last Gaia show was, what, 2005? Uh, I'm not sure if Mako would always split off by then, but me either. And I and I haven't uh, I haven't really tried too hard to figure out when it started, but <laughs> I did do a little looking and couldn't find it anywhere. So, but I it, it must have started somewhere around the mid to late 2000s. So yeah, run by Mako Satomura has a very small roster, but a very excellent roster. Tom and I watched two cards. Uh, the first card we watched. We watch them out of sequential order because that's how we do it around here at Joshi Joshi. Uh, the first card we watched was 421, April 21st, and they put it up for free on their YouTube channel. So that is why we watched it in the first place. It's just a small spot show. It is in Sendai. It's in the Miyagino Ward Bunka Center. And, you know, small show, 300 people, not very big. No big singles matches. Uh, in fact, the card was one singles match of Gaijin to open, and then three tag team matches. Uh, Tom, you want to run down the card? Yeah, sure. Well, just to, yeah, just to open up, uh, we have the opener, uh, Dash Chisako. Sorry, not Dash. I apologize. That was, uh, there's, an op- there's an opening to the show, which is where everyone comes out and they are announced. Yeah. Um, and at that point, Dash, Dash Jusako opens the show and introduces our fresh Gaijin talent, who are Solo Darling and Sammy Jane. Yes. Um, both people I've uh, seen... Uh, uh, well, Solo Darling, I saw at Shikara, and I have one of her shirts. Uh, Sammy Jane it was, until very recently, the Pro Wrestling Eve champion. Yeah. Uh, she's a Scottish performer, I believe, and she's also uh, very... She's very good. Yeah. Um, I didn't know she was Scottish. Uh, I think uh, that's what I'm guessing from her accent. Yeah. Hey, you would know you live very close. <laughs> well, you used to live in Scotland, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. She is. She is Scottish. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, I'm, I'm glad I'm not wrong on that. I was going to pull up Matt Stryker here. <laughs> Hailing from Wales, Sammy Jane. <laughs> uh, they also do a happy birthday for Heidi Katrina. That was my favorite part. Yeah, and uh, Mako hands her a cake. Yeah. Uh. Once again, we get to see the duality of Mako Satomura, who is at once, one at the same time, the greatest professional in wrestling and the happiest person. Yes, yes. She she seems incredibly happy and great. She's, I would want to spend days just hanging out with her. But at the same yeah. time, I would not say anything smart to her because I don't want her to hurt me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Respectful fuck. That's right. That's right. Uh, so just to run down the card initially yes. uh, we have uh, Solo Darling versus Sammy Jane uh, a tag match pitting Cassandra Miyagi and Mio Moono versus Strong Style Rush who are Alex Lee and Mika Iwata 
Uh, I believe Cassandra Miyagi is one half of the tag champions as well at this point, yes? Yes, she is. Um, we also have uh, Amy Sato and Shihiro Hashimoto versus Minami and Mako Satomura. Uh, Minami is not Minami Satomura, it's just she, she has a mononym. Uh, so <laughs> those are the teams there. And uh, I believe the main event was Heidi Katrina, who was the other tag champion, yes. and Yu Yamagata versus Riot Crown, who are Dash Chisako and Kaoru. Which is an awesome That's... team. Yes, yes. And uh, we'll definitely get into some fun descriptions of each of those. Um, one of the reasons why I was happy to start out with a smaller show, even though I, I wanted once Justin pointed me in the direction of the bigger show, is this one is free. It's available on YouTube. Uh, you can easily find it. Just you know, go to a Sendai show for the 21st of April. Uh, you should be able to find the show there. Uh, it's very accessible. It's, what, an hour and a half? Uh, yeah. Hour and 20 minutes yeah. once it's all edited down, uh, which is an absolute piece of cake to watch. It's fantastic. Uh, the other aspect, of course, is sometimes when you're trying to introduce someone to a brand new product, you don't want to show people... My my philosophy is not, do they like a WrestleMania card? A WrestleMania card is something that's hard to get, hard to comprehend. It's one of those things where you want to introduce to, to someone to the everyday charms of a certain promotion, yeah. as opposed to the promotion at their best. Because if you introduce them at their best, there's nowhere to grow to. Yeah. So you you want to show what a promotion has for someone to watch on a regular basis. Because otherwise, all they'll do is just say, oh, I'll watch the big one. Yeah. And then, you, because you're not watching all the other ones, you don't get as much out of it. Agreed. And especially in Joshi, these these uh, these little shows are... I mean, they're not... It's not like WWE or whoever where there's sequential storytelling. I mean, there is, but it's more subtle. You just pick up more on the subtleties if you watch the smaller shows. Uh, I think a per- perfect example of this is a friend of ours, Jamie Vaccaro, who has just been getting into um, uh, stardom. Which we've been very happy, yes. <laughs> very happy to introduce someone to that. Yeah. Um, has been debating whether or not to flip forward from the directly from the end of the five star uh, tournament mm. uh, to the start of January because he's so eager to catch up. Yeah. And you know, I pointed out there's nothing, there's nothing major you're going to miss. I don't think there's a couple of things. There's the tag team tournament, which it's kind of missable in any promotion. The tag team tournaments mm-hmm. generally. Yeah. Uh, but the thing he would have missed, or would miss uh, if he decides to skip forward, which is fine, is the incoming storyline for um, uh, which for a few months radically altered the fabric of Odetai when Natsu was brought in. And you see the start of what almost becomes a split in that group. And whilst and that's resolved by the time he would have got back. Right. So whilst from his perspective, someone would have just joined and everything would be fine. That period of Odetai, when they're fighting and Natsu is just being brought in, that lineup of like those five or seven, depending on how you see it, people in that group. Um, because I count producer P and his niece as well. Yes, I do too. Uh, um, that that lineup is how I best remember Odetai, and. If he skips forward, that lineup's gonna change. Yeah, and he might miss out on a period of his favorite stable that he might regret. But yep. it's uh, it's always an, it's it's an interesting choice because some of these minor shows, in a lot of ways, have the 
such a texture of the promotion within them that you might not even want to skip them. Yeah, absolutely. So, and um, uh, but but it's fine if you do. I th- I, th- I think it's uh, very much a personal choice. Some people don't have the time to watch, you know, right. two wrestling two shows a week or whatever it whatever it oh, is. Oh, that you know? all? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's pro- that is it. That was, I'd say the stardom's a couple of shows a week on average, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying, for myself, <laughs> I have nothing better to do than watch a lot of Joshi. And I I struggle to fit in all my old New Japan commitments these days. <laughs> Two shows, I, I, that's one evening for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on that subject, so getting back into Joshi for me recently, when I finally subscribed to Stardom World officially, I did start... I think I went back to the 2017 Cinderella tournament and worked my way forward, which was only like a month or two. So it was, Mm. it it wasn't nine months like he has to deal with. Um, But what I also did simultaneously is I went all the way back to the very first show in their archives and I watched every single show up until, up through 2015 until 2016 which I'm still yet to watch just because it's so intimidatingly large. Um, that That's the point where their archive holds really start to be filled yes. out with, with full years. Yeah, so I do need to do that. But um, So I sort of did both because I had a lot of time, I guess. <laughs> and also Tokyo Joshi Pro, when I got DDT Universe, um, I did start with a bigger show, but I also wanted to see what led up to it. So before I... I had actually already seen the show. So before I watched it again on their official version, I was watching their small shows. And when Tokyo Joshi Pro has a small show, that's a small show. It looks like it's in your parents' basement. And I th- <laughs> I thought it was great, though. I thought it was really charming. You know, they're right on top of the fans, practically. You know? I-, I really liked it. So I am a very big fan of go- of watching everything. But like you say, I understand that that's also a time issue. And not everyone has so much time as I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and like I'm like you're saying, a frustration issue. You know, if everyone else is talking about the modern product, but you've you've picked up a a year before, right? The the urge to just sort of skim forward is is understandable, right? So, and that's why I did that with Stardom, um, where I was doing both, which is probably too much for a lot of people, <laughs> but I understand. But that—that's. I mean, that's basically why we went for initially just the uh, the Sendai Twenty Four show from Miyagino uh, Ward Bunker Center because, you know, it's it's not many matches. It's uh, mostly uh, tag team stuff, yeah. but it's the it's those sort of shows where you really decide how invested you want to get into an overall type overall product. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than the big ones because the big ones don't you leave don't you leave you much where much of somewhere to go. Yeah. So, uh, Corricans are all, not always the best representation of each individual promotion. Right. I mean, it may be it's like, it's, like in terms it's, of it's, great it's matches, like, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, I, I remember a recent time when uh, you recommended to somebody that they watch uh, Stardom's annual show from Osaka. Yeah. And I, I had to say, the, the baseball death match at the end is not typical. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, they just wanted a uh, a recent great show, and that's... That's my pick. I love that show. But uh, no, it's a fantastic pick. But uh, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there are. That's the only death match in Stardom history. <laughs> You're not going to see that every time. So, um, getting back into this first show, 
what we have is a 12 minute opener with Solo Darling and Sammy Jane. Um, I don't How much have you seen of either of these women before? None. None, none of Solo Darling? None. Okay, right. Well, Solo Darling, when she was in Shikara, sort of started out with uh, almost a squirrel girl gimmick, but ah. powered by sugar. Okay. <laughs> She had a tail attached, and she brought a mug of an unspecified, massively sugary drink, which she used to power up um, <laughs> in matches. Okay, uh, she's kind of dropped that a bit now, but it's still there a little bit. But it's one of those things where um, I think Candy Floss, who just debuted in Stardom, has kind of a similar gimmick. Uh, I'm not sure how much they would infringe on each other, right. but. <laughs> Uh, one of the things I noticed when meeting uh, Solo Darling is that uh, before, while I'd always thought, okay, short, cute, you know, blonde, uh, does her does very good work. You meet her in person, you realise that she is a bodybuilder. Yeah. You know, her 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 back, her shoulders, her traps. She is impressive. Uh, you could tell she is in phenomenal shape. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Jane, who I saw for the first time recently at Eve, I've seen a couple of times now. Um, She's got a kind of uh, a technical style, sort of a. This might be an example I go to too many times, but she, you can tell she watched a lot of Brian Danielson matches. Right. You know, she she works limbs. She's got some uh, some some opportunistic aspects to her style of work. Um. Yeah, I I I I do like how she uh, the sort of the difference between these two in this match was that Solo was using some stiff leg kicks to set up her wrestling. Whereas Sammy was working heavily on uh, on the arm uh, as a setup for a potential submission, so so set up into that uh, Fujiwara armbar. Uh, so you had these two; uh, they're they're quite they're quite well suited for um, for the promotion, I think, in terms of its style, but. Uh, it's the kind of match where I was just thinking it's it's nice to introduce this, the the Japanese fans to these people, but I'm more interested in seeing how these people interact with the Japanese wrestlers, right, right, than seeing how they interact with each other. But we got that slight uh, that sliding German out of the corner, uh, which <laughs> my, I mentioned before. My favorite move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some stuff like a leaping tornado flatliner by uh, Solo Darling. Uh, uh, what's it? There was a. a a bridging Fujiwara that was countered into a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're trading that arm for leg submission stuff. Oh God! What was the uh, what was the what was the finish? It was like a oh yes, uh, Sammy Jane uh, had this weird leg hold on, and then did, did an absolutely deadly German suplex, and then an AA for the win. Yeah, uh, I remember the AA. I, my main thought about this match was it was a 12-minute attempt to, to do a main event, almost. Mm-hmm. They were doing spots on the apron, which... which I'm not, I'm not a huge critic when it comes to a lot of this stuff, but if you do a, if you do a suplex to some... Uh, uh, drop someone on the apron, uh, if they're back up and not selling it in two minutes... In, in two seconds, you know, yeah. that's possibly a little bit quick. Injure the opener. Uh, yeah, I... I I understand they want to stand out, and they might only have, say, four matches on a tour to do so. Right. But uh, it's—I mean, it's one of those things where they're not necessarily agented on these shows, but maybe they should be. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, anyway, what did you think? I. Hmm. Well, I. Uh, 
I'll just be honest. I, I didn't like the match. I ended up fast-forwarding through it. Um, I thought it was a bit dull, to be honest. I, I saw probably the first six minutes, and it just felt like six minutes, so I fast-forwarded to the end. I apologize. I had very high... <laughs> I had never heard of Solo Darling, but I had very high hopes for Sammy Jane, so it was a bit of a letdown. I mean, I'm not going to judge her, like, at all based on one match. I'm going to give her, you know, dozens more chances. But as for a first match, it was like, uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't like the match. It was kind of disappointing. Again, I think this plays into the, If it had been a match between one of them and one of the main roster absolutely i think that there's a much better chance he would have paid attention to it. i agree i would have yeah. uh yeah uh th- so really this match wasn't necess- this match wasn't for us yeah. yeah when it comes to this it was it was more for just introducing them to the home fans yeah and i i, uh, I will say um i don't mean to start the show off critically but i'm not usually a huge fan of the foreigners makeup brings in um for alex lee is a is a uh, what's the opposite of temporary? She's a permanent worker there. It seems like um, she's on every show. I know she's not officially signed, but she's on every show basically. And yeah, I I'm glad she's living her dream. But man, I don't think she's very good at wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Heidi Katrina, uh, she's better, but she's still I don't know. She's she looks impressive because she's like six foot tall or something. I'm, I'm, she's probably not six foot tall, but she, she looks like a giant on this roster. Um, yeah. So, um, when, when watching Heidi Katrina with my housemate Chris, uh, I, I asked him, so what are the three words do you think I'm going to use to describe uh, Heidi Katrina? And he just said, "Indie Mandy Rose," <laughs> and it was spot on. Yeah. Exactly the phrase I was going to use yeah. to describe her. And I wouldn't use that. That's not. That my use of the term indie is purely to denote where she's working. Yeah, um, that's not a, that's not a slur on her or, or anything. Oh there. no, she's, no, the indies are great. No, she, and she could quite frankly step into WWE tomorrow and not be out of place. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but in uh, uh, Mandy, I don't think Mandy Rose is an insult either. For for someone who's obviously uh, gotten pretty far because of how she looks, I do think she tries hard. I don't. I don't think she's you know the shits. So, no, uh, I actually I like Mandy Rose a lot. I mean, yeah. one of the first matches I saw her in, it was just like, holy crap, she's yeah. her kicks are good. Yeah, you like, you, ex- she's... you expect her to be, uh, God, who was the woman NXT hated so much? The redhead, yeah, all red everything, all red everything. I I can't even remember her name, but that's who I expected Mandy Rose <laughs> to be like. And it was like, no, she actually seems to respect her job. So, but yeah. Anyway, the 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 point being. Um, I have high hopes for Sammy Jane, but otherwise I generally don't like the foreigners very much that work in Sunday Girls. Eva Marie. Eva Marie. Yeah. Thanks for uh, I, reminding. I, 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 I took no. months to get that out of my brain. <laughs> the only reason I looked it up, because I can hear a listener at home shouting, Eva Marie, Eva That's Marie. Right. And I, I just I just want them to know, we don't take this that... We, we, it's purely the fact that we both have obviously have some sort of traumatic brain trouble. So. <laughs> well, caused probably we're not, by we're not, having we're, to we're watch. We're not being reckless. We're not being reckless with facts, and we're not going to leave you hanging yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. too often with those sort of things. Yeah. Except so, even uh, Marie, yes. if that purges itself from my brain again, I'm, 
<laughs> totally okay with it. She had one good match. <laughs> well, was it getting knocked out by Asuka? It was Bailey. Bailey, okay. They had a uh, a smoke and mirrors match against each other in NXT, which I really enjoyed. I semi remember that. Yeah. That 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 semi semi remember is a lot of even Marie's career. Yes, so. yes, exactly. I, yeah, um, we're really not. That, we're, I don't think either of us are that excited about this opener, considering we've gotten to even Marie at this point. Yes, <laughs> yes. So hey, we'll, we'll leave it with best of luck to both women in their next match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I, have, I have reasonable. I have high hopes for both of them because I yeah. know I've. I've seen them both before, and I'm fans of both of them. But uh, yeah, this isn't this isn't this is not essential. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, onto the tag team match, which I think, as far as introducing me to someone that Justin holds very dear, yes. uh, was extremely useful. Yeah. Uh, so again, Cassandra Miyagi uh, and Mio Momono versus Strong Style Rush, which is Alex Lee and Mika Iwata. Yes. Uh, who were. Um, Cassandra Miyagi has a unicorn head, so you can't miss her. <laughs> Mio Momono has the most basic pink gear you've ever seen. You'd think she was a jobber. Yep. Uh, Strong Star Rush have uh, matching red, white, and sorry, white, blue, and red gear uh, in terms of color prominence. Yeah. So, Mio Momono, uh, <laughs> she is God's gift to the world. <laughs> thing is, I I had no idea you liked her this much, but when I watched this match, she absolutely stood out. Yeah, yeah. Um, she has so much personality that she's going to stand out on any card anywhere in the world because she just has. So, I don't I don't know if I'd call it. Chari- I mean, it is charisma, but it's not. You know, you think of charisma as like uh, I'm 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 really cool, like CM Punk or something. Yeah, that's yeah. what you think of with charisma, but this isn't. She's not just here to be cool. I, I can you explain this better than me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, well, firstly, p- putting her next to Cassandra, she's like the Robin to Cassandra's Batman. Yes, uh, you know, very very simple, uh, almost old school bathing costume yes. gear in pink. Yeah, uh, she's got her boots on. I immediately thought, okay, so this is a trainee. You yeah. Know, um, <laughs> She's not a trainee anymore. She's been at this a couple of years. She's nineteen years old, yeah. uh, but she's she's short. She's like what five? T- she's four ten or something. Um, four, she doesn't look impressive. Yeah, she's just under five foot. Yeah, yeah. She's not. She's not. You know, physically impressive at all. Or, um, you know, you wouldn't pick her out of a lineup on this show as being the person who would blow you away. But what she does have is, I mean. I'm a huge fan of undersized wrestlers who use intelligence. And I thought that Mio was basically going to get run over in a lot of this match and then have to tag in Cassandra. So I'm watching for that. And I'm watching Mika versus her. And Mio's starting to get the upper hand. And it's all sort of like tumbling and uh, and quick uh, quick pins and uh, drop kicks and and all that. And I'm just thinking... Uh, so okay, so at some point here, Mika has to cut off Mo, uh, uh, Mio, but it doesn't quite happen. Like <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm seeing is just just Mio just coming off as credible when I absolutely had her pegged as being a Colin Delaney type. Yeah, and she's in this a, promotion, she's a really really good wrestler too. She really is. Yeah, she was totally controlling the pace. She was uh, she was 
I was just like she had a fantastic underdog air to her. Yeah. Which I, which I was really into. Yeah. Uh, I thought thought she was an absolute star in this match. Yeah, and she. Uh, I mean, credit to her. Credit to her trainer. Uh, Chigusa Nag- Nagayo is a, a really good trainer. So, who were we talking about in episode one as a great trainer? That was. Uh, oh, that was Jaguar, Jaguar Yukata. Yeah. So Chigusa Nagayo is no slouch herself. She's trained the likes of Takumi Iroha. She's trained the likes of Rin Karakura. She's trained Mako Satamura. She's trained Mio Momono. And she's trained who many people say is the greatest Joshi in history, Akira Hokuto. Um, so she she has a pedigree here. Uh, yeah, uh, well, actually, we're going to have to talk about some Akira Hokuto later. But, uh, well, not, not on this car, but... Uh, right. I've been I've been watching some WCW uh, lately, oh, okay. which and, and and part of that discussion will come up, will come up on this show. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's um, uh, I her fundamentals are so strong. Yeah, so uh, she was trained by one of the best in history, and uh, yeah, she has a wonderful personality already. So when when you combine her natural talents with being trained by someone like that, it's it's a good result. And and again, we don't get to see much of Mio on the uh, on the main cards that we're going to talk about. No, but we got to see a lot of her. Yeah, she's a marvelous on this card. wrestler. She wrestles. Well. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of her because this is so far the only match I've seen. But yeah. it, considering I'm, I I know who Cassandra Miyagi is. I've met Cassandra Miyagi. I bought her T-shirt and had a conversation with her where she told me that she designed her T-shirt. Uh-huh. Um, I, I like her a lot. Yeah, she uh, she is great. She's got some of the best headbanging in the business. I worry about that. I worry about the impact of the... Uh, I think she's going to give herself more concussions just doing that than than taking bumps. Strong style rush in this match. They're, they were fine. Uh, I didn't think they especially, they especially stood out. Uh, we'll have a more of an in-depth discussion of Mika Iwata from the main show where yeah. she has a singles match. Uh, but, you know, they were okay. Uh, they seemed comfortable. They seemed, you know, comfortable with the style. Uh, I'm uh, they seem to work competently as the de facto heels. I don't know if they're always heels. Uh, I'm not the most familiar with the overall picture in Sendai. Uh, but I think it worked comfortably that way because uh, Mio comes off as such a good babyface underdog. Yeah. So there was a couple of spots that were interesting. Uh, and I say interesting because I don't necessarily think they were necessarily good. Right. Uh, <laughs> There was uh, one moment where uh, Cassandra picks up uh, Mio, and they deliver a uh, a running double team Superman punch. Yeah, and I don't mean a leaping with impact MMA one. I mean Mio poses like Superman, and uh, Cassandra just runs her along into the other person uh, in the in the full on nineteen seventies Christopher Reeves, Reeves flying pose. Yeah, a, a uh, real Superman punch. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was goofy. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> and I can't I can't believe anyone sold it. <laughs> uh, so, but the match ends with some uh, attempts at counterpins by Mio, some interference by Cassandra, and a spinning kick to the head by Mika for the pin. Yes, uh, I assume they are setting up a challenge to Cassandra and Heidi Katrina for the tag titles. I would assume so too. Um... Yes, uh, that was about eleven minutes. Um, Probably the match that most surprised me on this card, I would say. Yeah, I, I really like this match. Uh, to me, it was more of a showcase for Cassandra and Mio. Um, strong style rush was okay. But like you said, uh, 
they just sort of fade into the background because you're watching the other two girls so much because they're so charismatic and entertaining. Um, and I say that as a fan of Mika Iwata, uh, which, again, we'll get to later. But, yeah, this was just, uh, I guess I would call it a personality match. It was just silly, and it was fine, and it was good, but it, it was just a match. Okay, uh, moving on to the next one. We have uh, Ami Sato, who wearing blue, and Chihiro Hashimoto, wearing green and black, versus Manami, wearing black and gold, and Mako Satomura, who is wearing awesome. <laughs> who is, yes, okay. I mean, uh, uh, Mako Satomura has my favorite um, ring gear in wrestling. So It's amazing, uh, yeah. It's red, gold, and black, and I, I, I just love it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, when I saw her the other weekend, I probably said this before, uh, she had had brand new gear made, uh, and it was even better. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw it laid out on her hotel room floor on Twitter, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the two, I would say Chihiro Hashimoto and Meiko Satomura would be the most like senior wrestlers yeah. in in, uh, in or uh, 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 senior wrestlers who are regulars in the promotion. Yeah. Chihiro's and, got about uh, uh, two years under her belt. Really? Only two years? Yeah, she debuted at the end of 2015. Wow! She comes off as a total pro. Exactly, and I uh, think that's why they uh, yeah. strapped the proverbial rocket to her, um, is because she's so good so fast. Uh, and yeah, this is her first match coming off of the main event of the major show. So. Yes, and um, a lot of the thing with her was her legitimate amateur background history. And I don't want to spread rumors or anything, but what I heard was she wanted to come in sooner and she had to wait because Mako felt if she had the amateur background that she would um, be able to start higher up the card or with more respect than if she just came in as a young girl with nothing. Yeah, uh, well, let's talk about uh, Chihiro Hashimoto now then. Um she is a physical specimen. Yeah. I mean, in terms of... And I'm not talking like... Uh, she comes off as like a... A real proper amateur wrestler. She has yeah. bulk. She has size. She uses it exceptionally well. It's not bulk in a... She has muscle. Yeah. Um, she's you know got this strong upper body and these driving legs. She uses amateur-style takedowns and, and body scissors. And for some reason, a lot of flipping sent-ons. Yeah. <laughs> But no, she she comes across as this is why I said I, I assumed she was like quite a senior figure in the promotion she, for two years. Yeah. She's absolutely phenomenal. That's amazing. Yeah, she really is, and it's uh, like you say, it's a, a lot about how she carries herself, um, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, the amateur wrestling because Lord knows amateur wrestlers are serious people. They are not jokes. Um, and that confidence. Yeah. That breeds tremendous confidence. Yeah, absolutely does. Breeds a lot of great traits. Um, so, yeah, she uh, she came in in 2015. That's all. Would have been earlier, but Mako had her... And I, I don't know if it was Mako. Maybe it wasn't Mako. But I, I do know that uh, she was told that she should stay an amateur for a while. And um, she actually... Uh, in the Japanese, I think it was just the Japanese, but it's, it was called the World Student Championship. She placed third. Yeah, um, a very high level amateur then. Yeah, yeah, and she tried to qualify for the 2016 Summer Olympics, and didn't make it. Uh, but that's no discredit to her. And in, in fact, I think come 2020, in a couple of years, 
I think she is going to get a lot of attention for her legitimate amateur wrestling background while the Olympics are there. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's Chihiro Ashimoto. Who yeah. Okay. Sorry. We are both yeah. <laughs> very, very impressed with. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, her partner, Ami Sato, uh, wearing blue. I think she's, what's 20? Around that. Roughly. Uh, she, she's notable for the fact that she doesn't have a cage match uh, entry. And yet, the 13 year old Manami, who is tagging <laughs> with Mako Satomura, does have a cage match. Apparently, <laughs> there, right. there's no consistency with this thing. Yeah. No. Um... <laughs> but, but we start to see some differences in the way that uh, young, uh, these young girls are promoted in different promotions because. You know, uh, I think when I initially saw both of these two back in um, back in January, uh, they were wearing sort of more amateur style gear, which Manami is still wearing. Yeah. But Ami has switched out into something more, you know, befitting someone higher on the card, or you know, uh, you know f- proper full uh, trousers and and uh, a more individual look. Yeah. Uh, and there there was a match she had that I have not seen that I I would like to. But uh, it was her debut. Um, she debuted against uh, Lady Godzilla. Uh, Hero. Oh, what really? Yeah. Oh gosh! And I, it's that is it's supposedly <laughs> a really good match. Uh, I've never seen it, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, <laughs> what well, the best two minute match of all time? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, I mean, if someone's going to make you a do not mess with a, you don't mess with Matsumoto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if someone's going to make a rookie look good. I'm sure she could do a, a really good job. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of this match is sort of based around the use of fundamentals because both Mako and Chihiro are using this to train up uh, the younger recruits. Yeah. Uh, so you get some nice... Uh, well, uh, I was quite impressed with... More than Sato, I was impressed with Minami. I was too. I guess. Yeah, so was I. Uh, you know, some solid body scissors and double arm locks. Uh, she sort of feeds well off Mako's work. Yeah. You know, pick, picking up where Mako leaves off. Yeah. Uh, and then Chihiro comes in to work with Manami, and Manami is just, I mean, thrown around like a like a ragdoll, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chihiro has this brutal underhook chin lock and then a rear naked choke, uh, really just dominating the trainee and showing her what this is all about. Yeah. And then, like, this Boston Crab, this this. Man- Manami must be a third of the size of Chihiro Hashimoto right. and has this Boston Crab on and Mako could go in and save her but she's what she's doing is just encouraging the effort on the behalf of <laughs> Manami but to say you're a trainee you need to you need to be able to get out of these situations yourself come on yeah yeah um another interesting point uh their kickouts, uh, the kickouts in this match, were almost entirely the bridging ones. Yeah, that's uh, you see that a lot in Joshi, and you especially yeah. see it the younger they are. Well, the thing is, we don't really see it a lot in Stardom. No, uh, I guess no. due to a different different training methodology. But you, the you other do place it th- early Stardom, very early, like the uh, Nana yeah. Nana Takahashi era. But that's that's mostly it. But the other place we've seen this uh, primarily would be in the Jaguar Lioness match, yes, where it was also the primary method of kicking out. Absolutely. I mean, to my mind, it's also the most psychotically difficult way to kick out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because bridging up when you're in, like when you're trying to get out of uh, a pinfall is when you have got someone on top of you. That's insane. Yeah. 
but I guess it's it's just a demonstration of the strong amateur background, especially I think in Sendai. You really get a feeling that these people have the strongest fundamentals of any Joshi group I've seen so far. Yeah, they do. certainly. They do. Yeah, they do. yeah uh, I think we'll come. We'll discuss the philosophical difference a bit more when we get the Mako versus Eo. Uh, uh, yeah, Mako versus Eo match later on, uh, which I think is a very <laughs> it's a very telling dif- uh, difference of philosophy in terms of wrestling, yeah. uh, and you know th- that's not to denigrate either of them. It's just you know the fact that they're different only makes them better, absolutely, uh, and, yeah. and more individual. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I love when we finally actually get makeover such a hero in this match. Uh, yeah, that, that was, because you get that's always going to be really good when those two go at each other. They've had a lot of matches, and they're almost always it's it's just really really good. Yeah, you get Chihiro coming in as she look, feels like the stronger amateur, obviously. But yeah. Mako is working almost that jujitsu, yeah, uh, that's that traditional wrestling skill uh, to uh, take advantage. Uh, <laughs> at that point, you get uh, Ami coming tagging in and attempting to. She makes the mistake of trying to match Mako in terms of uh, her, her wrestling skill, which just ends with her in an arm scissors. Yeah, it doesn't go well. No, um, this is the point where I really start to notice how many flipping sentons Chihiro goes for. <laughs> it's like she, she run off the ropes and hits one. She runs off the comes off the second and hits one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, she, when you're when she, you have that build, you might as well use it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got um, a back made out of pure muscle. It it it's it, it certainly certainly using her impact. Yeah, her impacts to the its best possible use. That's right. Yeah, and the match ends, I believe, when Mako used the um, uh, the Pele kick and a frog... Uh, no, not a frog splash. Uh, sorry, the Pele kick and frog splash forces a tag to uh, Ami, uh, and then uh, Mako just brings her in for the armbar submission, yeah. and we get to hear Mako Satomura's awesome theme again. <laughs> Rock your life away. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, I think in terms of understanding the wider world of of sendai this this was probably the most important match on this card yeah it absolutely was mako is the original the past the present and chihiro is the present and the future um it's very very obvious now that uh the one that mako has picked for the future ace of the promotion is chihiro um She's already... How many times has she won the... I believe she's already won the world title three times? Um, The most recent one we'll get to uh, on the next card, of course, which was a real long title reign. Um, The first two were a little bit of a hot shot type of deal where they they only lasted a couple months, but the most recent lasted a long time. So she has two and a half years experience, and she's already a three-time world champion. So, big things coming for uh, Chihiro. I, uh, I, I can't think of someone better suited I, in this promotion. To, I mean, unless, unless you want to go for a more of a traditional, you know. But but Sendai is not uh, an idle promotion. No. Uh, not like Stardom, not like Tokyo Joshi Pro. They're based around the idea that wrestling is wrestling. Yeah, and uh, that's one thing I was... When you were describing uh, Chihiro versus Mako, that's one thing I was thinking is they treat that particular matchup, which correlates to their wider philosophy as Chihiro was an amazing amateur wrestler, but Mako's a professional wrestler. And in the West, uh, you know, 
I don't think that would sound great, you know, professional wrestler. It's not very not very serious. Uh, it doesn't have the the best reputation at all times. But I think in Japan, saying you're a professional wrestler really is the professional version of an amateur wrestler. I think it's more respected, um, and I think it's more of a role that makes sense there. Which, again, is why you have the, such a strong root in amateur when it comes to uh, this particular promotion and how that translates later in your career. Once you get experience, you're allowed to do the moves which are more integral to professional wrestling as yes. opposed to just amateur skill. It's, uh, this is actually probably in terms of bringing up the young people, the closest I've seen to uh, the New Japan method. Yes. Uh, you know, very, very strong focus on actual practical skills yeah. uh, first and foremost. Yeah. And Chigusa is a lot like that too. So when we get to Marvelous, um, you'll see you'll see more of that definitely. Okay, cool. So the main event, uh, yeah, the main event is Heidi Katrina and Yu Yamagata. Uh, Heidi Katrina is a tall, statuesque blonde woman yes. who does who does in a lot of ways stand out on this card. Yes, she does. Uh, Yu Yamagata is in red versus Riot Crown of Dash Chisako and Kaoru, yeah. uh, who is. Just uh, Karu is slightly taller than Dash, uh, and wears black uh, black trousers. Dash Chisako is you know the shortest, smallest person in this match, but in my opinion, one of the best people in this promotion. Oh, absolutely! There's no uh, no denying Dash Chisako. Yeah, I, I, the match I saw her have with Kaylee Ray uh, was uh, pro wrestling Eve was an absolute masterpiece of chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I love Dash and I love her chairs. Yeah, uh, I've been watching Dash again since she was one of the three people brought in for uh, Shikara as part of the Sendai Girls trio. So yeah, she would be the other person on this on, in this promotion I'm most familiar with. Yeah, over time, I guess Riot Crown would be the closest thing to almost an Ode Tai feel. A bit. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they they do the rope poses, which are that's. It's an overall Joshi thing for a lot of heel groups, but that's that's very much their thing in this match. Yeah. Uh, but the person I liked in this match a lot was actually Yu Yamagata. So did I. Yeah. I I thought she was the person who would translate most translate best across multiple promotions. Yeah. Uh, especially when she starts breaking out the fat guy chops on Kaoru. <laughs> um. So the the Kaoru. Uh, is, uh, um, how am I pronouncing that? Is that? It's a uh, Kaoru. Kaoru, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll, just, I'll try and condense it every time, yeah. make it less painful. Um, <laughs> fat, fat guy chops. For those people who don't know, that's what uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick referred to the Bubba Ray overhand chop style. Uh, it's always spectacularly painful, and the the chop exchange between Kaoru and Yu Yamagata really emphasised how hard Yu hits, yeah, <laughs> and how rock hard she is and unshakable uh, Kaoru did a great job of getting her over in that bit Yeah, but yeah use movement in the ring her you know, movement from the outside to the inside to the outside again uh, her her kicks her I, I, I thought she was excellent yeah yeah and um, I mean there's a lot of experience in this match you got Kaoru who is uh, 49 years old really yeah you wow you is 41 um and it seems like dash has you know been around forever and she's the huge veteran she's only 29 so 
<laughs> you really cannot guess these things on jo- on Joshi shows, you, can you? You cannot. Heidi Katrina is also twenty nine. I just looked at her. So yeah. So yeah. Um, between you and Kaoru, that's a lot of experience. And Dash, yeah. if not in age itself. <laughs> she's only 29, but she's been doing it a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, 29 you would think of as being like a... Because, you know, Io Shirai is 28. So right, right. Exactly. You'd think of 29 as being, oh, that's a, that's a Joshi veteran that's in a lot of ways. <laughs> and then you find out that her tag partner is almost 50. And you like, hang on. <laughs> but, then, but then in a lot of these situations, you kind of ask, well, no, she's 50, but when did she debut? Yeah. You know, is there, a th- is there a 13-year-old on this card who's been wrestling for longer than her? That <laughs> <laughs> could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, mass- massively unpredictable. Yeah, no, Kaoru is, uh, she's great. She's, she was a young girl. She was another one trained by Jaguar, and she was, uh, I always call them young girls, sort of like the young lion. I don't know what to yeah. call them. But she was uh, a young lady who debuted in, a, in the, in the <laughs> mid-80s, so she's been doing this wow. a long time. Like I say, she doesn't come off as uh, as an older talent. She came off; she fit in perfectly in the yeah. match. Yeah, uh, I like I like the tag the the Riot Crown tag team quite a bit. Um, so especially if they're go- if they're going to be going for you know titles anytime soon, I'm definitely down for checking that out. Absolutely. Um, I think that's uh, oh gosh, what was it? So, oh yeah, he- uh, Heidi Katrina in this match kind of definitely struck me as a Lex Luger vibe. <laughs> yeah. You know the yeah. stuff she was doing, like, and, and I, that is not a disrespect actually, because I have a lot of affection for Lex Luger. I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, no, she was busting out stuff like Exploder Samoans and yeah. you know, uh, yeah. and Gourd Busters. I was I was enjoying her work within uh, alongside all the rest of these people. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've only seen very little of her, so I can't judge precisely how talented she overall is. But I think she's a, a useful person to have in this promotion. So do I. So do I. For sure. I don't think she's great, but uh, she's good at her role. So if she's just gonna, if she's just there to be a tag team champion, hey, I'm all for it. It reminds me of a conversation I had with someone when there was someone was saying, and this isn't a one to one. I'm not saying that Heidi Katrina is the bad luck Farley of this promotion. <laughs> it's, they're they're very different people. It's not a one to one comparison. Yeah. But someone's saying, you know, bad luck Farley is terrible. You know, well, why is he in this thing? And it's just like because you have to think of it like. Is he terrible at wrestling compared to Okada, or is he useful in his role? Yeah. Overall, to the promotion. Yeah. Does he do his role well? Yeah. That's the question you need to ask when it's you know whether you want him on the card. Yeah. Do you want a Fale or do you want just another, you know, uh, five foot eight Japanese guy who's you know might ha- might add an extra star rating, but is he going to add more color to the promotion? Yeah. Uh. And I'm 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 more than happy to see more of Heidi Katrina based on what I've seen. Absolutely, yeah. And you were talking about the tag belts. Uh, Katrina and Miyagi won them from Riot Crown. Again, it wouldn't. It, I I I think I saw a Sendai. Well, the Sendai show in January where they might have been champions. Yeah. So uh, that fits. <laughs> that's probably why, why i was thinking of them in that way it's been a while since i've seen that show so it's going glimpses and flashes in my brain but so. <laughs> um, yeah well before we go uh, the, that match ended with a sliding pin by dash <laughs> yeah uh which i love that sliding pin method i've seen it a couple of times and it's a it's so slick and then we get the nice pose with the sponsor at the end yeah. which is something you'll often see at these joshi shows you know they'll have a minor sponsor uh, there'll be a prize like you know a certain amount of 
like f- uh, free chicken for a year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. A lot <laughs> the of winner. them were really great. Like uh, I think in uh, Stardom, who somebody had won like a giant box of curry or some such thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like was it fifty seven bags of curry or yeah, something? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or or my favorite one was Tony Storm winning a, a a case of Strong Zero. Hey, that was her favorite one too. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Which <laughs> like you see you see that there's a box of Strong Zero up for grabs, and you think well. I mean, Tony Storm's in this match. What what do I think the finish is going to be? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she will fight for that harder than she will for a title. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, shall we move into uh, what's it? Two days earlier. Two days earlier at the Korakuen Hall. This was a pretty big show. So, in the, uh, we'll go to the, right to the card. The show opened. Uh, well, do you want to talk anything about uh, the pre pre show? Did they even have one? I can't remember. Um, well, all I got, all I've seen is the two-hour edited highlights version. So I yeah, think I too. pretty much go, I pretty much go straight into the the, uh, the opening singles match. Yeah, which was uh, Ami Sato versus Manami, and it was fine. It was good. It was two young wrestlers. Uh, I guess if you're coming from Stardom again, the equivalent would be a Hanan versus Ruaka match. I guess I, I'm, Manami feels like she's someone's personal project yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh I definitely think they've got their eye on her for the future. So Yeah. yeah. And that's not that's not to talk down Abi Sato who's very good as well, but you know, when someone's thirteen and they're actually they're they stand out in terms of their ability, that that's yeah. That's always noteworthy. That so. that's when you just change to hoping they don't retire at seventeen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh and it got it got a lot of applause as well. I mean it's I know it's yeah. a Corican, uh but it's uh there was a lot of respect for these girls. Yeah. Absolutely was. Next up, tag team match. Uh, we haven't talked about Iger yet. There's Iger. Oh, God. Iger and uh, Sakura Hirota versus Kaoru and Solo Darling is back. So, Iger. Iger is the traditional Japanese ghost. Um, and a, a lot of her matches, uh, they, they look like you're having a match with a traditional Japanese ghost. She's just trying to scare people most of the time. And it, it, it works pretty well. It works pretty well. Um, I think uh, Solo, I thought Solo Darling looked a lot better here. Kaoru looked good, because she always does. Uh, Sakura was fine. And as far as I remember, um, I haven't seen the show for about a week now, but uh, the match mostly was about Iger, or at least that's all I remember is Iger spots. <laughs> um, yeah, Iger is, she dresses all in black. She has a white face. She spits white dust instead of mist. Yeah. Which is absolutely terrifying as a concept. Yeah. Uh, I looked her up a little bit. She's the alter ego of Mizuki Endo, yeah. uh, who is a wrestler uh, since about, what, uh, she, well, she's in her mid-40s as well. So, yeah. I did not expect this kind of match from Sendai Girls based on <laughs> what I'd already seen. This was a full-on comedy match. Yeah, it was. Um and not just because uh, so <laughs> Iger is a Jap- Iger playing a Japanese ghost, but the other team attempts to attempt her with a giant chubba chop, <laughs> going back to Solo Darling's sugar obsession. Yeah. Uh, um, there was a lot of board-related mishaps. Yes. Uh, yes. I believe at one point, at one point, uh, Kaoru was kissed by Sakura Hi- Hirota. Yeah. Uh, which I did not know that she was working that kind of comedy gimmick in this promotion yeah. um i didn't i honestly i i i didn't 
I love comedy matches a lot of the time, but I didn't love this necessarily. Probably because I was slightly weirded out by a lot of it. (laughs) A tiger. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what to make of Iger. Uh, I would not be a fan of watching her on necessarily the most regular basis. Yeah, but and I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing. (laughs) I do remember um, with that board. I don't remember uh, who hit. Who? Because there were a few people that got hit. But uh, on one of the accidental strikes with this board, it just looked like they really cracked him with it. And I remember wincing from how hard they hit this person with this board. But again, my memory is really looking bad in this episode because I can't... Uh, I believe I, I believe at the time it was um, Solo Darling who attempted to hit both Iger and Sakura who dodged and she wound up doing a full 180 swing and hitting Kaoru. It was a 180, so that must have been it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I think that was the one. Yeah. Um, I might have that reversed, actually. It might be Kaoru making the mistake. but Actually, I think it was. I think it was Kaoru who made the mistake and then... The board got reversed, and that's when the kiss spot happened. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, but God, it, 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 <laughs> talking about this match blow for blow is like trying to describe a uh, a Yano match. You know, yeah. every second of every second, like yeah, you get you get the gist of it. It was it was a Yano match, but wackier somehow. Yeah, it was a Toru Yano <laughs> as a ghost match. Yeah, and I like Toru Yano. Oh, but I, I understand. Toru. I know. But a lot I understand. Of don't, but I love. Yeah, I understand the people, the problems people might have with him. He's not everyone's to everyone's taste, and um, this, maybe there's a line here where well, this this wasn't quite to my taste either. Yeah. So we'll move on to the eight man, um, and I will say that these first three matches—it's a uh, two-hour show. By the time this third match is done, only a half hour has passed. So the last three matches got an hour and a half, and the first three got a got half an hour so well these are all he- these first three matches are all edited highlights yeah effectively yeah so if you think of the first half of most new japan shows yeah that's when I mean. you basically dump everyone who's not got a decent not got a card that ma- a match that matters yeah yeah if you're not in a featured match you were doing something here <laughs> but 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 considering that 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 uh that mindset you know everyone who doesn't have a match that matters the lineup for the next match is confounding yes <laughs> Yes. So here here we go. Okay. First team. Aja Kong. Uh, one of the greatest in the world um, ever. Either gender. She's amazing. God made the devil just for fun, but when he wanted the real thing, he made Aja Kong. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> um, she didn't use that theme. I was oh, so gutted. <laughs> I would be too. Um, okay. Cassandra Miyagi, number two. And then a couple guy Jean. We have Heidi Katrina and Sammy Jane. Team number two. We have Alex Lee, Dash Chisako, Mio Momono, and Lady Godzilla herself. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Hiroyo Matsumoto. So there's a lot of big names in this match. Yeah, uh, I know Aja Kong's effectively a freelancer. Um and obviously she's not you know she's not in the condition she used to be in she doesn't work a lot of big major singles matches although uh, again i have seen her in a match against a singles match against viper that was tremendous fun yeah. it was a little bit surprising that, that a lot of these names were confined to a, I mean, this is a, this originally was a 16 minute match and once it was cut down i think it might have been half of that at most yeah yeah um 
Anyway, we can talk about Matsumoto a little bit, which we, we've discussed here before on the, uh, the, the, the Olympic episode. Yeah. Uh, I really like her as well. I recently watched her and Jungle in their title defense against uh-huh. uh, Ode Tai. Yes. Uh, and it was one of the one of those times where I was just struck by Matsumoto's size and how effectively she uses it. Uh, I mean, she's probably not... I mean, she, in all honesty, she's probably about my height or something like that, but that stands out in in uh, in the Joshi promotions. Right, right. Uh, but she's also an excellent worker with that size. You, she's she's a great special attraction wrestler. Yeah, I think, uh, and and that's the sort of person you want in a match opposite Aja Kong, who is also a great special attraction wrestler. Yeah. Um, I mean, these days Aja probably has. Uh, she likes to use that that uh, the 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 box or whatever it is the steel tin to yeah. hit people with a lot. Yeah. Uh, she's she's kind of when she's taking it easy, she's a little bit uh, I would say like uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good comparison. Yeah, uh, but as I say, when he, when she's not taking it easy, she can still go to some degree. I've seen it yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, I especially enjoyed recently the clip where uh, she beats up um, uh, Ibushi in a in in a street somewhere. <laughs> have you seen that? I have not. Okay, it's a, there's a thing where Ibushi is like is cornered by a bunch of people in the in a street, like like it's a hidden camera show, and then he runs down the street pursued by all these people. Aja Kong steps out to block <laughs> his way and then proceeds to beat the ever loving tar out of him. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a link for it. It was uh, it was tremendous fun. It's on the oratory. Yeah, I, so. I need to see that. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, just to stay on Hiroyo for a moment, uh, although someday I assume we'll get have a freelancers episode, but uh, Hiroyo's actually not that big. Um, it's all about how she carries herself. She is, I checked cage match while you were speaking, she's five foot six. So that is, really? yeah, that is probably what four inches taller than a lot of Japanese <laughs> women, but um, it's not that big. But she looks massive. Um, she looks, she looks twice the size of everyone else there. Yeah, she does. Uh, aside, from, aside from like your Aja's or right, but but I, uh, it's a lot about how she carries herself. And a funny thing with her is, I had always known about her, but I didn't really get into her until she got that permed hair. <laughs> I think I think it's the permed hair that adds a lot of size, isn't it? it maybe it is. That's what and I ma- really got into her. Yeah. Maybe that's why Hannah's mother always comes across as huge as well, because yeah. even though she she's she's bigger than Hannah, and Hannah's not small by the standards of Joshi, right? But that big afro, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It may maybe it's the hair. Maybe it's the hair. But, um, but yeah, Hero <laughs> Yo's great. She was. Uh, Oz Academy champion for a really long time last year. And at the same time, she was the Sendai Girls World champion for like a month or something. She won a bunch of tag and trios titles in stardom last year. And uh, she uh, she had a really excellent 2017. Um, and she's she's just absolutely one of my favorites. Yeah, she's always been entertaining whenever she's shown up as part of Team Jungle in Stardom. Yeah, uh, and you know, one of the, she's one of those people who I'm glad as a freelancer, so I can see her in lots of different promotions. Yes, yes, exactly. 
Um, do you have anything to say about this match? I, I don't really, besides talking. I mean, there's some dives to the outside. Uh, there's a fun spot where Cassandra and Heidi try to use a dolly to charge into other people on That's, the outside. but Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they get cut off by a chair shot. They do. Uh, they get some fun power spots between Matsumoto and Aja Kong. Uh, and Kong being the first person I've actually seen back down Matsumoto in terms of power. Yes. Uh, I think a lot of the, towards the finish of this match is about Kong and Cassandra Miyagi having communication issues. Yeah. Um, where they wind up hitting each other. Uh, the finish is just Dash hitting a fro- frog splash on Cassandra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would I would not object to seeing a Cassandra versus Aja Kong match. I think their characters would play off each other quite well. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, so. uh, I presume that's where they're heading. So yeah, the the match is cut to hell. So yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's not a lot more you can get out of it. Yeah, it's just a classic clip job. Now we get to the bigger matches. So next is Hanakamura versus Mika Iwata. Um. So they've been. We haven't, uh, we haven't really discussed Hanakamura before, so let's, let's do an in depth discussion of her. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seen a little bit we, of we, her. We only praise her massively every show. Every show. Um, so, th- but, however, this is Hanakamura and her baby face gimmick. So, I'm not sure we talk too much about that, but she's a, uh, obviously a heel in Oedo Tai and Stardom. But everywhere else, she's a babyface, and she comes out as a cheerleader. I think her jacket is a Ribera Steakhouse. Is that what that is? That is a Ribera Steakhouse jacket, yeah, yeah. Uh, which may well be her mother's. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Consid- considering the Ribera Steakhouse does sort of really cut back on the, the number of jackets they hand out to people. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's babyface Hana, and. I think her matches, she's been having a few lately with uh, Iwata. Uh, I've, I think I've seen three recently. Um, yeah, and they're just, they're, they're always good. Uh, and I thought this was no different. It was pretty long, because um, they didn't clip it. and uh, It's about 17 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of brutal kicking in this match. Uh, it definitely came off as an old school grudge match to me uh two people Mm. that were determined to beat each other no matter what and i think i could be wrong and if listen if a listener knows i am i apologize but i believe uh iwata's doing something of a losing gimmick because she she was originally mika iwata she changed her name to mika shirahime and then she said on twitter that she had no success as Mika Shirahime, so she's changing back to Mika Iwata. Um, I did wonder about that. I spotted yeah. that the name change was fairly recent. Yeah. Uh, one disadvantage of watching these shows is that they're quite... Because there's no English translation, it's quite hard to get a grip on some of the storyline, and you could sense there was definitely a very strong storyline going here. Yeah. Uh, but alas, I have not discovered a... And I did I did some searching around. I have not yet discovered a reliable source of translation for this, for for Sendai. No. So uh, if anyone knows one, fantastic. We'd be happy to credit it, and we'd be happy to take advantage of it uh, for, for stuff like this. But yeah. uh, you got the feeling of a very strong, heated issue between the two. Yeah. Like you say... But without necessarily knowing the material background, some right. for some of it. So, right. I just know that Iwata's, you know, trying to trying to fight through something. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and I think Hannah's been beating her generally and like most people have been but again uh, it's one of those things where we're lucky that it's the 21st century because if i didn't follow all these people on twitter i'd probably have no idea what was happening so uh, <laughs> and i barely do now uh, yeah 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 so yeah it was a good match um the finish was pretty pretty good uh hannah gets uh she goes for the uh the octopus stretch the best one in the business it ends up being an arm bar. Um, Iwata gets herself free. A uh, couple reversals. Iwata kicks her in the head. Iwata goes for the pin, doesn't get it. Hana gets back up to her knees, and Iwata really kicks her in her head. And Hana just collapses face first into the mat and is pinned. I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, I love the the wave crush, the Loki-style wave crush that uh, Mika delivers towards the end of the match. Yeah. Um like you were saying before, it's uh, this was two people going 100 miles an hour straight into each other. So yeah. for every traditional sidekick that uh, Mika delivers, Hannah's coming off the rope with a with one of her uh, trademark big boots. I loved how these two interacted. It, actually, I looked at when I was watching this match with very little background that I knew. Uh, they were wearing gear that was the same color, and I was trying to figure out if it was like a tag team that split up at some point. Uh, but no, it wasn't. It was just uh, the fact that they happened to be wearing the same colours. Uh-huh. Um, I I really liked this as as a statement of two people just going straight at each other. Uh, I, I I always get mildly annoyed when the octopus hold isn't the finish like it would be in Stardom. Uh, right. I, I think at one point Hannah has it hooked in, and I guess Mika escaped like people might do. But uh, uh, I guess I think of Mika as being more of a traditional modern worker whereas hannah has that hannah com- comes across as relatively unique in, in sendai because she has more of that traditional pro wrestling from the outset approach yes as opposed to somebody with like traditional amateur credentials or perhaps like mika feels like a more of a martial arts style background yes uh hannah has very definitively a pro wrestling you know suplex boot to the face yeah. uh submission move style which which i'm a big fan of because it almost feels unique uh it feels old school in a lot of ways uh but no i really i really enjoyed this match uh it was an example of two people uh, two people in a mid-card singles match that really felt like it mattered uh a lot of pride on the line uh yes. and and hanakamura fighting spirit babyface whilst only being my second favorite hanakamura that's still uh, that's still uh, it's it's no it's no shame being my second favorite version of Hanakamura. No, not at all, not at all. Yeah, she's, uh, her, uh, her her coming out with the cheerleader routine and spelling her name out with yeah, pom poms. Yeah. It, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, it is. It is. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could place who that song was too, because I know I know that song she comes out to, because they didn't they didn't edit it out. It's a it's a popular top forty song, but. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I'll be interested to see if you can find it. Yeah, I'll try to find it. I'll see what I can do. Okay. So yeah, the uh, the next match up here is one of the best you're going to get anywhere in the world at any time. Um, they've been having these matches for a very long time. Io Shirai versus Mako Satomura. Um, as an aside, just this morning um, on YouTube. Uh, 
I watched another one of their matches that had just been uploaded by uh, Joshi City, which is a Joshi website. Um, and it was, I checked on Cage Match. Cage Match doesn't even know this happened. But it was in Sendai Girls on April 26th of 2014. And it's got that, uh, you know, if you go far enough back in EO's career, her her costume changes. Um, and this has more of that uh, bright flower spandex look before she started wearing the uh the little frilly skirt thing so Mm. um you're going about two looks back with eo here and uh (laughs) it it was really excellent then i will say um eo seemed even faster back then i'm sure she could do that now but back now she probably knows you know might want to slow down every now and then but back then, I mean, she was like a lightning bolt. She was so fast. Um, and it was a really excellent to, I, match. I have to check that out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, shoot me a link for that because that's a, that's a must-watch. Yes, uh, yes. Ma- ma- mainly because I think this match is a must-watch. It absolutely was. <laughs> um, and uh, the, uh, they also had some matches in stardom before that too, but uh, or before this match too, so... They're all worth seeing. These are arguably the two best female wrestlers alive. Uh, that's exactly what I wrote. It's the clash of arguably the two greatest talents in Joshi today. Yeah. Um, and, well, two of the greatest talents in wrestling as a whole in general. Um, I think Mako and Io both stand out because when they come into somebody else's promotion, they feel like the ace of another promotion. Exactly. They and they're Not just another promotion, an, an ace in the whole of the world of Joshi. So whenever Mako Satomura comes into stardom, uh, which she actually a couple of times recently for a Tony Storm, you've really got the impression that, you know, Tony Storm's a huge star for stardom. Mako is the biggest test she could possibly face. This yeah. is a really special opponent. This is a, a really special moment that she gets to face this person. Yeah. Um, regardless of how knackered uh, and grumbly uh, <laughs> uh, Tony might be right, at the right, time. Right. And there's uh, there's really nobody that is not honored, man or woman. It seems in these ma- in the matches I've seen that is not completely honored to face Mako. She's mm. extremely ex- esteemed in this wrestling thing. Yeah, Kaylee Ray, uh, when she faced her for Pro Wrestling Eve, she was her promos talking about Mako is like she's not just she's not the best women's wrestler in the world. She's the best wrestler in the world. Yes, yeah, you know she she has such massive respect for uh i think everyone does for mako yeah uh but when eo uh, this is the flip side of this coin because eo when she comes into mako's home promotion she feels every inch the star that mako is she sure does yeah. uh she walks straight in and feels you know transcendent almost you know this this feels like a, a big person to get uh to get into the promotion yeah and they have very different approaches because uh, Mako's looks sort of formal and regal, and her her outfit is simple but intricate in its detail. Whereas Io is very much that sort of modern, almost uh, an idol style wrestler in that she looks, you know, like a like a pinup, like a magazine star. Yeah. Uh, her her gear is you know leather shorts basically. Yeah. Uh, but she she still looks like that because she looks like a pinup she looks like a pinup who would be on the front of a the front of a magazine you know mm. and she she 
she feels like a major sports star. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was you get chills watching the two of these women face off yeah. uh, before the match even starts. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going back again to that same thing. It's how you carry yourself. It means it means a whole lot. So, mm. yeah. So, what stood out to you in this match? Um, uh, the styles basically. So, uh, in stardom, we've seen a lot of EOB quite controlling and stiff in matches, especially that, that, uh, that Momo match that we won't stop talking about right. <laughs> for a while until right. the next one. Until the next one. Uh, but in this, this was all, this match was all structured around Mako's control, uh, because EO needs a lot of space to move. That's the stardom style. It's more based around, uh, traditional, uh, uh it's more based around the modern image of professional wrestling than amateur wrestling. Yeah. So this is all about Mako closing Io down, bringing her down to the surface, not giving her any space. Um. But inevitably, Io find Io is not is not a slouch when it comes to that stuff. Eventually, she finds the space she needs with a cross with a cross face, which then Mako reverses. And then Io reverses immediately into a huge, brutal knee to the face. Yeah. Which Mako sold like a cheapened shot. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good sequence, too. Yeah. yeah uh, but then, you know, they start dodging each other's signature stuff. And then Mako starts busting out some more Io style stuff. You get that springboard lucha arm drag into an STF. Mm-hmm. There was an absolutely gorgeous slap exchange, <laughs> which. Which just like I, I thought that Mako was trying to really just, I uh, was just fed up with Io showing her up in her in her home promotion. Yeah, uh, it was absolutely brutal. And then Io responds with uh, one of the best versions I've seen of her tope to the outside. Yeah, and that that thing always looks amazing because she goes the the standard tope is the head first dive but the way eo does it is like a crossbody through the ropes almost but she she's going so fast when she hits that thing that it looks like it kills you she always winds up in the second row yeah yeah exactly it's yeah. it's an amazing amazing amount of speed she builds up and obviously there's always there's always a net of people to catch her so i, I very rarely worry about her doing the move yeah but it's still my favorite dive in wrestling right now yeah um just because, like you say, the speed she gets—it's it, you know, people talk about how beautiful Tanahashi's high five flow is. This is like that, but with more speed and more impressive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. We get Io's fantastic springboard drop kick as well. You know, she's finally got the space she needs to move against Mako. Um, a big moonsault again. Uh, I love Io's moonsaults, uh, but she hits uh, Mako's knees, and then Io responds with a moonsault off the top rope to the outside onto the pile again. Mm-hmm. You know, the exchange of, of Pele's and tombstones. Yep. And then uh, I think the match is coming to a to an absolute peak here, where the crowd is going absolutely nuts. Mako hits a Death Valley bomb, and then the Scorpio Rising, which, uh, if you don't know, is it's kind of like if... Um, it's a really cool move. Yeah, she does the step off off the knee and then a a ten to six kick. Yeah. Uh, to the top of the head. Yeah, that that ten, t- that ten to six kick is pretty common in Joshi for a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and Mako's version is sort of 
combining that with a shining wizard sort of right yeah that's exactly that's exactly the word i was looking for the shining wizard yeah. uh, and at that point the uh, the time the 20 minute time limit expires yeah yeah uh, and they're both exhausted and eo asks for one more because you always do that's yeah. what, that's what they do that's do that's what they do in stardom when Ma- whenever mako shows up yeah yeah they ha- the match finishes and then someone says can we do this one more time that's yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> you always want to get as much as you can out of these people um I I don't I don't care where the next version of this match happens, whether it's in Stardom or Sendai. I want to see it. <laughs> so do I. So do I. It, it it might be the one match on Earth that'll make me watch TNA. <laughs> <laughs> Can TNA well, that, get that, this match? That's actually semi-relevant to the main event, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Um. But I, I one one person who I'd love to see face uh, Mako Satomura would be uh, Mayu Itani. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's a real like, that's a real clash of methodology. Yeah. Yeah. Because because uh, Mayu's such a such a psychopath when it yeah. comes to putting herself at risk. And, and it may have happened. I haven't seen that. I have seen her series of matches. I believe it was three, and I've seen two of them against uh, Kyrie Hojo. Now Kyrie Sane. And those. Oh, excellent. Those are incredible. Are those in Stardom? Or? I believe one of them is, yes. If you go okay. to the uh, world title history section, I believe it's in there. Awesome. I will. That uh, I'm just going to add that to my list. Yes. Watch it immediately. Um, and if you can watch the other, watch that too. But they're very, not hard to watch, but like draining to watch. Because Mako beats the ever-loving hell out of Kyrie And... Uh, Kyrie does her amazing baby face act coming back and you're right there with her the entire time she's you know just getting the shit beat out of her and there, there, yeah. there's no more there's no more sympathetic baby face you want to get behind than Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. And that, she she's uh, she has that down. Yep. And Mako gets all of it out. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's really really excellent. Um I think we've given about as strong an endorsement of this match as we possibly can. Yes, we have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Watch it. <laughs> and and somehow it's not the main event, and even more amazingly, somehow the main event does not disgrace itself trying to keep up. Not at all. No. The main event was really good. That was a world title match with Chihiro Hashimoto defending her title against Ayako Hamada. And uh, Hamada is someone who's been around forever, another one forever. She's from... Uh, late 90s so she's from the dark ages when i wasn't really watching so i don't really i don't really know that much about her i know that she's been around everywhere um i know she's respected and has had a lot of good ma- in fact with mako sinamuro she's had good matches um but she's also from the 2000s which is not my strong point so i didn't really know that much about her um i did check her cage match page or whatever it was so i know she's been everywhere she uh you know arzian uh wave shimmer even um tna tna and in america yeah tna and that also she uh is now in sendai girls um so i knew of her but i've never really seen her before yeah, um, she was in TNA in about 2009 during that sort of... There's a slightly underrated period. Like Women were the biggest draw in TNA, but by far the lowest paid in TNA. Yeah. And there's sort of a, a brief period in the wake of that where they sort of said, 
let's just hire a bunch of really good people. So they got sort of they got Sarita, uh, Sarah Stock, who's now an agent with WWE, and they brought in uh, in uh, Ayako Hamada, Hamada, who is the daughter of Gran Hamada. Ah, there you go. Okay. Uh, Gran Hamada is a name people might recognize. If not, he's very influential. Um, his, <laughs> I was trying to think what his most uh, noteworthy appearance on to Western Eyes would be, and I guess it would be the six-man match uh, where he was a late replacement on the ECW Barely Legal pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, that actually is when most people would have seen him, probably. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> I mean, that's actually the only place I've seen him. So... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not to not to correlate my experience with everyone else's, but I've seen a lot of wrestling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's 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 the place. Where if you if you have in the WWE Network, that's where you can see him. Uh, but like you say, uh, Hamada's been everywhere. I enjoyed her work in TNA. I thought she was, as per usual for that promotion, underused and most likely underpaid. Yeah. Uh, but at least she didn't lose her job when she uh, didn't quit her job working there when this people discovered she needed to work at the sunglass hut to make ends meet that's right that's right for, for the love of god tna the women were their biggest draw and they paid them so atrociously yeah even by the standards of women's wrestling yeah i was uh, but yes uh, that's where i became familiar with her that's where i started to like her work i'm not the most familiar with her i've probably seen maybe the you know 10 15 matches total but i've always enjoyed her work yeah and as we've gone over before, Chihiro Hashimoto is someone who's stood out to me as a significant name in this promotion. Not just here, actually, but she was she also she came across as like the de facto number two in the Joshi Olympics as well. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she was excellent at the Joshi Olympics, yeah. And I, uh, especially, I... especially considering the amount of havoc that uh, Sendai girls in particular caused, she seemed to be a, a prime instigator. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I do just want a little aside because I wanted it was driving me crazy to figure out uh, Hashimoto's amateur background and the story about how she was going to be a wrestler and was told not to. I said it was Mako. I was wrong. It was Jinsei Shinzaki, who also owns a lot of uh, Sendai girls, and she was 15 in junior high school. And she passed her Sendai Girls tryout, and Shinzaki told her she was too young and she should do amateur wrestling or judo until she finished uh, high school. So that's uh, that's what she did. I did look at that uh, uh, just to confirm exactly when because uh, Sendai was actually started two thousand and five. We were pretty accurate and right. started by started by as you say Mako Satomura and Shinzaki. Shinzaki. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, uh, just in case we're we're just correcting the record there for people who were screaming at us for the last that's hour. Right, that's right. <laughs> and uh, people may know Jinsei uh, best as Hakushi. Yes, uh, match was with uh, Bret Hart and the like. Yep, that's that's the famous program he had. Yeah. Uh, also, a uh, because Shikara is forever my regular touchstone of where I saw people for the first time. <laughs> uh, was part of a trio there as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> King of, King of Trues really is a treasure trove of people you never expect to see. That's right. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to check out a young Pete Dunne and Jinsei Shinzaki on the same card, that that's where you want to go. <laughs> oh, but yeah, this match, I thought it was really good. Um, it took a while to build. It wasn't bell to bell, nonstop action. But by the time of the finish, it was really, really good. 
uh, yeah, it starts out with, uh, you know, this, you really feel like this is a strong issue because Hamada spits in Hashimoto's face. Ah, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, and you get Hashimoto's extremely strong groundwork uh, as Hamada focuses on working that knee. Yeah, um, and they did. I for, I did forget to mention though. Uh, excellent video package leading into this match. All right, that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> really good video package. Yeah, uh, Hamada's more lucha inspired, uh, like her father. Uh, at one point, she has this sick three limb submission locked on. It was like something like Zack Saber Junior would right. would. People talk about Zack Sabre Jr. like he's this massively original co- wrestler. But it's one of those things where he is very original and very innovative, but there's roots of what he does in a lot of different styles. Yeah. And the, the, the Lucha submissions thing is... Uh, uh, there's a lot of cra- there's a lot of crazy submission style in there as well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of being original is bringing things back from the dead you know if someone started doing uh inverted atomic drops these days that would be original even though that was every <laughs> other move in the 80s was an inverted atomic drop yeah so, exactly yeah. uh yeah uh, of one of the a weird thoughts struck me at this point which was you know hashimoto is a fairly common name in wrestling at this point there's uh obviously you know new japan uh slash zero one hashimoto his son daichi uh, there's another Hashimoto who Daichi feuded with and tag team with for a while. Um, and yeah, I think my favorite Hashimoto at this point is Chihiro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was never, uh, uh, not to go too much into the men's side of things, but I was never a big Shinya fan. Um, back in those days, because they were the three musketeers and all that, or, you know, uh, Chono, Mudo, Shinya. Mm. And I didn't really like any of them except Muda. I considered New Japan to be the cruiserweight promotion because I just did not care at all about the heavyweights. If I wanted heavyweight wrestling, I watched All Japan. I preferred King's Road style, I, I guess it would be. Um, and then in New Japan, I was huge into guys like Liger and uh, Pegasus Kid slash Redacted and <laughs> Shinjiro Otani and Tiger Mask and Black Tiger and people like that. I I didn't really care for the main event New Japan style of the 90s, which is just to say in a very long way that I agree with you. My favorite Hashimoto <laughs> is Chihiro. I, uh, there's, a, there's a William Regal versus Shin Hashimoto match, which I quite enjoy because... But... I, I, I agree, Hashimoto seems to be sort of a, a more of an acquired taste yeah. uh, of a particular era of wrestling. It's not something it's not something where you can slap it on and watch it and be amazed necessarily. You have to think about what why things are happening yeah. and the internal logic of the promotion a lot. Yeah. Uh which is how he how he was a star. Whereas Chihiro, she really stands out as uh as someone as, as someone special in within the world of Joshi, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, you know the closing sequences here where you've got like the uh, the clotheslines which are coming through and being blocked and then striking and then Himada responding with those lovely big spinning kicks. Uh, yeah. She's extremely agile. Uh, yeah, she I mean, is. she's she's still in her thirties, I believe. Um, you know, late thirties, but uh, she she's not like some. Uh, she's a big, powerful-looking woman in her own right, uh, 
Uh, she she doesn't. They're both roughly similar sizes overall. Uh, I, uh, her, uh, I would say Hamada would be larger than va- the vast majority of Joshi, and her mobility is impressive when she breaks it out. Yeah. Um, the finish of the match was a spinning kick to the head and a sit-out Hamada driver. Yeah, uh, which is to a, win to win the a, belt. It's a Mishinoku driver, right? Is that right? Yeah, uh, and I, I only know it's called a Hamada driver because of TNA, where uh, you know, you know, it's Mike Tanay thing, where they all just will throw the name of the person and then driver that's in, right. in the in the move, and that that's good enough for our audience. But that that works. Driver yeah, but, just for for wrestling, the general rule is just put driver or cutter after something in your. <laughs> you're in the ballpark <laughs> yeah so um but yeah but no, she I, uh, uh she won the title and ended a fairly long title reign here and it, it felt like a, a a relatively major moment uh it did i i i'm i want to see more of both of them I, i'm glad that hamada's still working uh to a good high level yeah uh you know because a lot of the time it's, like i say it's been a decade since i saw her uh, and it's just it's nice to see a familiar face doing well. Yeah, yeah, she's doing uh, real well. Yeah, I'm I, I'm really 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 interested to see what might what looks like it's going to be her next match. Uh, as Dash Chisako came in, threw in the char- chair to make a challenge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Hamada is significantly bigger than Dash, uh, yeah. but Dash is absolutely crazy. Yes. So that's going to be a fascinating clash. It's going to uh, be a really good match. Uh, and also because it's it's Sendai Girls and it's the title scene. We have Mako Satamura in the aisle watching on as well. Yeah. You know, she she will forever be the uh the person watching that title scene and saying, "Sure, you got it for now." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of the rare occasions where it's her promotion and I don't mind that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, cuz she, she doesn't She's she's a big star, but like it feels like that stardom is conferred on her by respect, yeah. as opposed to her putting herself in that permission in yeah. in that position. And she doesn't hog the world championship in uh, uh, Sendai Girls. I, she's only had it uh, one time, right? She I've was, no idea. Yeah, she was their first champion and held it for about a year, and then she never held it again. So. And that's wonderful restraint to see. I yeah. mean, and you might you might say that like someone like Vern Gagne would would be a comparison point there, where you know they've uh, they book themselves to the top star, and they then they book themselves to be the one B star who also has the main events, you know that sort of thing. Um, but the difference being that Mako is feels as relevant and as modern a worker as anyone. Yes, she works extraordinarily hard. She is the yardstick for Joshi. Uh, so you can't ever hold her position on the card against her. You know, when someone's good enough to take it from her, then, then they then they they can try. Yeah. <laughs> then they yeah they're welcome to step up and see what happens. Yeah. But uh, maybe maybe there's a long term Joshi fan out there who's sick of watching Mako Satamura matches, but uh, it's it's not so. me and it's not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think that person exists. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's Sendai Girls. They have. Uh, a small roster. There's only, I believe, eight people signed to it, and they bring in a lot of freelancers. And we saw between the two shows we talked about today, the two different style cards you're generally going to get. Um, one, 
that featured a lot of people in a lot of tag matches. And the other that was more of a big show feel because of where it was, Korakuen. And that the first half of the card, because I believe it was Samurai Gaora or Gaora, whoever aired it, clipped up the first half to fit it into the two-hour time block. But those last three matches were all really good in their own way. I don't have any regrets about those matches getting clipped up, to be honest. Um, You know, it's a trainees match, which I was happy to watch, but I've seen, I watched tons of those. I I watched tons of them because I enjoy them, but I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, A comedy match that didn't really float my boat exactly. And, uh, and, and then the, there was the big 10 big, was it 10 person or eight person match? Uh, It was, it was fine. It was chaotic. Uh, There was stuff in there, but when it came to the three matches that felt like they were that that were unclipped and got the time. Those were the three I wanted to see. Yeah, uh, and that's definitely a case of start of uh, of Sendai putting their best foot forward. I wish more promotions were like that. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people these days overpack their cards and then not only have too much matches, but then they give their matches too much time. Um, and I would much prefer it this way. Uh, a perfect length card is more important than a seven-hour card. Hey, WWE! <laughs> and not just slamming, not just slamming WWE. There, I mean, I, I, I can talk about like uh, New Japan shows where you're just exhausted by the end. Yeah, there's a lot of good matches there, and, uh, and they're fine. But or or uh, or pro wrestling gorilla. I love a lot of the matches yeah. there, but it's like eating ten pieces of cake in a row. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, at least New Japan. Uh, Back when I did watch that until very recently, um, a lot of the first half is just missable to me. Yeah, yeah. So. But uh, but it's I I like I say I enjoyed this card. I'm glad I have. Yeah. I, mean, I was familiar with more of these people than I was for a lot of these promotions coming in. Yeah. Uh, you know I've I've seen a lot of these people live before, but I was glad to finally get a handle on what the promotion feels like. It feels totally different to the other two promotions we've explored so far. Um, it sets a precedent for the extremes of the of of Joshi. I really feel like Tokyo Joshi Pro is one end, and 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 Sendai is the other end, and Stardom is bang in the middle. Yeah, uh, and I'm excited to see where on that spectrum companies like Wave and uh, and all the others uh, fit in. Yeah, and we will, we will. Um, we might as well talk about some of the ideas uh, for the upcoming mini-episodes um, that aren't so many, but we try. We try our best. <laughs> um, so, so far we've done Tokyo Joshi Pro. We've done the Joshi Olympics. We've done today's episode, which is Sunday Girls. And some other ideas we had were obviously more promotion introductions. Um, Ice Ribbon, Wave, uh, people like that, Oz Academy. Um, But also we had some ideas such as reviewing Gaia Girls. Tom has somehow never seen Gaia Girls. We're going to have him watch that and review it. Uh, it, It's available on YouTube, and it has been in my to-watch queue for about three years now. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, and I I've, longer than I longer than I've reasonably been into Joshi. Yes, yeah, and I, I've seen that movie too many times, and I'm definitely excited to see what you think about it because it it leaves an impression on everyone who sees it. Um, 
and we'll see. Uh, another idea is to review the book, Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, which will have a lot of non-Joshi, but women's wrestling, but also does have a lot of Joshi. Um, excited to look at that. Um, so, yeah. And we... I, th- I, th- I think from my end as well, I would love for, uh, if you can get, well, because you can get your hands on a copy of it, um, the Pro Wrestling Eve uh, Wrestle Queendom show. Wrestle Queendom. Because I mean, whilst our review of that will not be timely, um, I think I, mean, I, I would love to have a chance to watch it again, and I would uh, I would very much uh, love to get your input as far as you know the international influence of Joshi. There's no better example really than Europe's biggest uh, uh, women's wrestling show that had a predominant amount of Joshi talent. Do you know how fast they tend to get their vods out? Uh, it's available now. Is it? How much is it? Ten, ten pounds? Uh, eight quid. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll. Uh, maybe I'll watch that and maybe. Well, I, I, that that's through the. Um, oh, that's through the, the pe- fight. The, the fight app. So. Uh-huh. Uh, th- I mean, that that show was produced live, so you know it's it's all up, it's all there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll figure out a way for you to watch it, which is fair and legal, and ensures that they a company that deserves your money gets money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to pay him. I want to watch this thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll we'll get to it as soon as we can. Excellent. Yeah. So that's uh, that's just a few of our ideas. If you have any ideas, you being the person listening, go ahead and uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know about it. Um, we are around and taking suggestions. If you want to talk to Tom on Twitter, Tom, what's your uh, What's your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle, and all your digital <laughs> profiles? Uh, if you want to look me up on basically anything, it is RabidStavros77. That is R-A-B-I-D-S-T-A-V-R-O-S-7-7. It's a stupid name that I came up when I was 15, and it's too late to change it. <laughs> and mine is uh, much the same. Um, coffee, yay, just at C-O-F-F-E-E-Y-A-Y. Uh, we're both a bit available for you to talk to there. We would love suggestions. Um, if there's anything you want to see us cover, uh, just let us know, and we'll we'll be happy to oblige as and if we can. I'm sure there's an infinite depth of things which we can potentially cover. Our ideas for these 0.5 episodes are already far, far deep into the rest of this year. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. If they if they come out once a month, every four weeks, we're already in May, and <laughs> we're about to put out the first one. So, the rest of the year is about six of them, and I think we just gave at least six ideas there. So we're good for I a while. We're good for a while, but they're, they're, we'd love we love having a depth chart when it comes to uh, oh yeah to ideas and uh, if so- if someone has a great suggestion, we're more than happy to explore it. Yeah. For instance, uh. When I told Tom about the Joshi Olympics, that immediately jumped up to number two. <laughs> so. <laughs> that, that that immediately jumped up to the thing I was going to watch in the next thirty seconds. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So so if we get excited enough, anything can be leapfrogged. And so that brings us to the end of our first Sendai Girls episode. Uh, we shall hopefully be returning to this promotion uh, sometime. In the near near future, uh, we still have our main focus on stardom, but we do not want to ignore any corner of the wide, wide world of Joshi. 
So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, thank you, Tom. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We'll catch you again next time.